Welcome to Positive Adoption, where you can find adoption, foster care, and trauma-informed parenting all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker. But more than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos from hard places. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Positive Adoption, a coffee break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption. This month, for the month of March, we are talking about five things you can do to help an adoptive and foster family. We're continuing our series on the five things, a tiny handbook for adoptive and foster families and churches who serve them, which you can get your free copy of. The link is always in the notes. You can get a downloadable. And Sandra Flack is joining me again. I'm so excited that she has been willing to work with me through this whole three-month series that we're doing. Say hello, Sandra. Hello. I'm thrilled to be back. It's been so much fun. I know. We, you, we've already talked for quite a bit of time about lots of things, and then we start sharing stories that we will be sharing here on the podcast, and I always say, why weren't we recording? So... <laughs> But anyway, sometimes we have to prime the pump, you know, remember what we're talking about. And this week, what we're talking about is this is something you can do for adoptive and foster families is fill in for the family commitments while they get acclimated. So if you haven't adopted or fostered, you might be scratching your head right now, wondering what that even means. To put it into some context, when a family brings home a newborn, they may need some meals delivered. And if that infant is in the NICU they for some complications or health issues, they may need someone to watch the other children. They may need someone to come to the hospital and bring food because the parents don't always get food, which I've learned through my grandchildren and my son, all, you know, kids of mine that have been in the children's hospital. So... Just think of it that way. You know, think of them as having to get acclimated to, and the children have to get acclimated. So just remember, adoptive and foster parents will disappear off the radar for a while. It's not because they are not committed to their church body, their work, maybe their homeschool co-op, their school, the sports, or other activities they had once been active in. They might be cocooning. And Sandra has a really good story about this that she was just telling me, and she's going to share with you. Yeah, it's a a fond memory that I cherish. And it it took a total of 30 minutes, but I will never forget it. We were just home with our uh, youngest son, who's now 15, but we adopted him. He was five, and he was not ready to be introduced to the, the whole wide world or even... Uh, our church family yet. Uh, We got home with him on Thanksgiving Day, actually. So the first few weeks, the first few Sundays, I stayed home with him and my husband took all of the older kids to church. Uh, And I had been already 
gone from church for the whole month we were in Ukraine and now it's been a couple of weeks and I'm home, you know, so feeling kind of isolated and transitioning into just adjusting. He had a lot of needs, a lot of trauma, really hard, um, missed my church family, just missed all of that. Uh, and one Sunday morning, about 10 minutes after my husband left for church with the other kids, uh, a family from our church arrived at my door and um, Susan uh, was uh, on the worship team and her husband, EJ, was an elder in the church and their adult daughter, who was in her 20s, um, uh, was with them. And Susan brought her guitar and she just mm. led us in a couple of worship songs and uh, EJ brought communion so I could partake in communion and uh, they brought their homemade wooden, this wooden chunky um, set, uh, nativity set. So it was Mama Mary and Papa Joseph and baby Jesus. And Carrie sort of acted out the nativity um, for Slava in a very simple, rustic way because he didn't, he didn't really have any English, mm, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we kept, she kept saying Mama Mary, Papa Joseph. And then... Um, a few days later when I was doing a bedtime stories and reading books, I could point I had a little Christmas book, um, you know, with the nativity yes. and I would point at mama, Mary, Papa, Joseph, baby, Jesus. And he started recognizing and making this connection there. But that 30 minutes, I, I cried through, and I'm not a crier, hmm. um, maybe more so now, you know, in my fifties, right. but I wasn't a big crier, you know, and, and, I just, the tears were streaming down my face the entire time they were at my house. It just ministered to my soul. Wow. Um, it was 30 minutes and then they left and went on to church, but I've never forgotten that and will always treasure that memory because it ministered to me in such a good, such a, such a, a deep and impactful way. Uh, and it was 30 minutes out of their time. Wow. That's just, yeah, that's amazing. And those are the, the little things, you know, it took, you know, maybe it took a couple extra hours, maybe not even that long for them to just think, hey, grab the guitar, get the nativity, you know, think of something to do. But oh, my goodness, it's just priceless. Yeah. It is priceless. And one of the things, and here's the here's the thing, we're not saying that people aren't doing these things to help foster an adoptive family. So we're saying if you don't know what to do, yeah. Or, you know, maybe you have some relatives or friends that are really close to you and you're getting ready to enter the foster and adoptive world. And you could say, hey, could you listen to this episode for me? Or could you download this book and read this last section of it? And that will help you know how you can help me without having those explanations and conversations because I was telling Sandra before we started, I was in leadership in our homeschool co-op when we adopted. And the co-op was growing. And I taught every hour of the day that our co-op met, you know, which I love. I love teaching. So it wasn't like I was making myself teach. I loved it. But when our kiddos came home from Poland, I just started getting substitutes and 
I just wasn't going. I didn't take the kiddos right away because they needed to be at home. They needed to feel secure. Everything was weird to them. Everything was strange. We had a kitchen with running water. We had a stove. They'd been in an orphanage. Now I realize kids who have been in foster care may know what a stove and, you know, how to prepare food, those kinds of little things. But they were major to my kids. Like they didn't know how to plug something in, you know, those kinds of things were major, plus learning to be part of a family. And after a couple months, one of the other leaders came to me and said, okay, Kathleen, when are you coming back? It's been long enough. I don't understand what the problem is. And she, and I'm not judging her. Uh, I wasn't mad at her. She literally didn't know. So maybe you have somebody in your life who literally just does not know, like, what can I do to help? And one of the things that someone did for us while we were in Poland, because we got home from our first trip to Poland without the kids on December 20th or December 19th in the middle of the night, because my son, whose birthday is on the 20th, woke up in the middle of the night and said, when are my guests coming for my birthday party? (laughs) And he was four turning five. But um, some of our friends came, put up the Christmas tree, put cookies in the kitchen, cleaned my whole house. Like one of my friends was coming and cleaning my house very regularly because my stepfather lived with us. And that's not really, was not really his thing. So there are little things like that. I mean, obviously it took their time to come over and put up the Christmas tree to do those kind of things. But those are huge, huge, huge deals to adoptive and foster families. It makes such a huge difference. So I'm going to mention something else and let Sandra talk. It is don't don't talk about families at church who have adopted or are fostering as if they have backslidden. They are James 127ing it all the way in their home mission field. It might help to pretend that adoptive and foster families are away in a foreign country, if that helps you put it into perspective. Pray for those at-home missionaries just as fervently as you would for those who are abroad. And I'll, I'll link this, but I wrote a whole article about this, about adoptive and foster parents. It's like they're in the mission field. So I'll let you talk, Sandra. I absolutely agree with that, um, Kathleen. And I've, I've written and spoken on and said those same things, being whether you're a foster or adoptive parent, it's like you're on the mission field, but, you know, those... those um, Natives are living in your house. You yes, know? Uh, the hostile natives are actually in in, in your house. So right, it, it's isolating. And I've also I heard a statistic not too long ago that fifty percent of first time foster parents stop fostering after one year, and it's because it's hard and it's isolating. And they need a community to wrap around them so that they can be successful. Not everybody is called to take children into their home through adoption or foster care. I think it's like 3% of the church actually opens their home. Mm, wow. But what about the other 97% of the church? What are, what are we supposed to be doing? And we are supposed to be wrapping around those families so that they can be successful. So sometimes it's as simple as a meal drop a meal off. We're really good about thinking about dropping off a casserole when a mom gives birth to a baby, mm-hmm, right? right. A, a week worth of meals or three days worth of meals or whatever. But what about the, 
when a foster family gets a new placement. There is so much going on just to try to get that child acclimated or children acclimated and doctor's appointments and all of these different things are going on. If you don't have to think about what to make for dinner, I mean, listen, my uh, my youngest two are 15 and 17 and the 15 year old has been home for 10 years. I could use a meal delivered to my door, <laughs> you know, on some days, Kathleen and I were talking right. about that, yep. or, you know, now that I'm homeschooling him in the mornings and then trying to balance work in the afternoon, it's like, yeah, if somebody could deliver a meal, that would be usually lately it's my husband. Cause he's really happy to bring home takeout, but that to, to not, to know that you don't have to prepare a meal. Um, there's a church in my area that started a ministry uh, where they, prepare. They have one day a month where they gather. It's a church with one of those really nice big kitchens and mm-hmm. all of that. They prepare meals, freeze them. And when a foster placement happens in their community, doesn't have to be in their church, but in their town, um, they deliver three days worth of meals frozen. They're frozen. So the family oh can just put them in the freezer. And the first day, they have pizza delivered to their house for That's them. amazing. That is such an amazing idea. It's a, you know, I so love this that. Is a ch- it's a church. So it's a church ministry. So it's not just one family doing it. It's a church ministry. So, you know, and they have a connection with the local child welfare office. And so they find out when there's a placement and then they contact the family and say, you know, we're going to set this up the first night. You're going to get pizza. And they, they drop off the paper plates and all of that. So the family doesn't even have to worry about dishes. And then they have three full meals delivered to their door as well that they can put in the freezer or put in the fridge and they just have to put it in the oven. Um, and it's, it's, I just feel like that's life changing for a foster family. It would be for an adoptive family as well, but right. it's those kinds of things. And think about what your skill set is and what you could contribute to a family. So my, my friends who came and brought communion, EJ was an elder. So that was something he could do. And Susan's on the worship team. So coming and bringing her guitar and singing a couple songs is something she could do. So you just bring, whether you cut hair, whether you, um, you know, you'd like to babysit, or even if you pick up a family's laundry and bring it back clean or just stop by and do their laundry. There's so many different things that we could do. Uh, use your own skill set and and do it. Even if you know if you if you are if children are going to school with your children or going to preschool with your children or uh, you know Awana or church youth group. If you can help with transportation because your kids are already going mm-hmm. and this family just gets a placement or just brings home children from adoption, if you can take their biological children or their other children to those things because you're already going there anyway, right? Uh, homeschool co-op and that kind of thing. It's such a huge help and support to that family to know that they're noticed. Um, and somebody's there with them and has their right. back. It goes such a long way. That's huge. And another part of that, pick up the bio kids. It's not like we're saying, hey, favor the bio kids. But if you adopted internationally, like Sandra and I did, or even from foster care, where kids have never had to be harnessed into a car seat before, <laughs> and they go ballistic, you know, just driving down the road oh, to yeah. soccer or, you know, whatever, Bible quiz, like you were saying, um, is can be overwhelming and stressful for mom, 
for the other kids. So yeah, that's a, that is a huge, huge deal. So maybe you just don't even think about, I mean, I would have never thought about the fact that, hey, this family adopted from um, Korea and they this kid has never had to ride in a car seat. You know what I mean? Right. And so he's going to go ballistic as soon as you put him in there. Like some of my kids would just keep unbuckling themselves. So those are those are things that we don't normally think about. So that's why we're telling you these are ways that you can help adoptive and foster families. And I'll finish up with saying, you know, think about your skill set, like Sandra was saying. And it doesn't have to be cooking. Like the two women that came and set up my Christmas tree, um, my friend Ellen Jane and my sister Annie, both of their houses look like a magazine. Like these two are decorators extraordinaire. And they use that skill to come and set up a Christmas tree and decorate it and decorate my house. And then my friend Etika, who owned a bakery at that time, she is the one who made the cookies. So she delivered something from her skill set. So it doesn't have to, you know, it can be something unique and different that maybe you never thought about. And, you know, like one of my neighbors used to come over and sit with one of my kids while I ran the other one to preschool. Just sit there. That's all she did. And that was huge because then I have to buckle that kid in the car seat, drive like two blocks away because that's how far it was. And some days we just couldn't walk, you know. So those kinds of things, those are huge. Those are huge. So any final thoughts from you, Sandra? Just wrap around a family. If, if this is new to you, uh, just find creative ways. But every foster and adoptive family could use some kind of help at some point in some way. Um, and, and that's part of James 127. If you can support a family, even if it's just a one-time meal drop off or a loaf of banana bread, whatever it is, mm, so that they yes. know that they're seen, somebody's holding up their arms in some way. Um, and of course, pray for them. Yes. Uh, cover them in prayer. They, they need prayer. Um, or even a text message to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Uh, just, just let them know that they're not forgotten and by you and that you're praying for them as well. That, yeah, that's probably the most important one is pray. So thanks for joining us today on Positive Adoption, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Positive Adoption. Make sure you subscribe on thewholehouse.org to receive your gift of five things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families, and receive a monthly newsletter plus updates when new books or courses are released. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, or YouTube and leave a review so others can find positive adoption and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send an email to me positiveadoption at gmail.com and follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Whole House and Twitter at Kath Guire. Thanks for listening to the show.